possible. Galatians chapter 6. I will read four verses from Galatians chapter 6. I think our youth today will be dismissed to the youth room this morning. Galatians chapter 6. I say along with my wife how thrilled we are for all of our guests that are with us today. One more time, would you give our guests a great big hand? We're glad you're here today. Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to read four verses. Now, I'm going to do my best today to, uh, we have several guests with us, and so I'm going to do my my best today to to not frighten you, um, but I should warn you that I have a tendency to yell when I preach. And if you're not used to that, um, it may wake up those on the pew next to you. All right, you're in a Pentecostal church this morning. Is that all right? Amen. Galatians 6. Isn't it fun to be able to come to the house of the Lord? Brother Danny and I talked to a young man this week. We went to pick up some materials for our project. And um, as we were sitting, loading up, a young man came out and talked to uh, Brother Danny and I. And began, he actually asked us. This is the second time I've spoken with the same gentleman and he asked some similar questions, but it went deeper and further. And we began to talk about God and begin to talk about the church, begin to talk about what we believe, and uh, begin to even talk about the way of salvation. It's a good thing when people begin to ask you, what do I need to do to be saved? And we begin to talk to him and witness to him. And as a matter of fact, he promised that he's going to be here on one Sunday morning. And so I'm looking forward to having him in church with us. But as we began to talk about the goodness of the Lord and begin to talk about the work that he is doing, I realized how many people there are in the world that is that are looking for something that is real and something that will change their life. It's not much different than it was on the day of Pentecost. It's not much different than it was in the early church when they said, men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? People are still asking that same question today. Amen. Galatians 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he soweth, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's a good thing. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I I love this passage of Scripture. Verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I want that 10th verse to speak into your spirit today because I do believe that it's important that we recognize the opportunities that God puts in our lives to to do good to all men, but especially to do good to them that are of the household of faith. Let's pray together. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon my heart, to put in my spirit, to speak to this congregation this morning. I pray for every heart and life that are here today that your word 
would speak deeply to them as I speak to them. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. A pastor friend of mine who is an outdoorsman, he is a hunter. And, of course, for those of you that are not aware, this is, this is hunting season. Uh, we had a successful archer yesterday, Brother Scott Irons. He went out, got it done, and still showed up for work day. How about that? And uh, came in bragging with his pictures. Uh, a friend of mine who is also a hunter said that he, he was getting bitter. That's right, hunters get bitter. Uh, he, he, he said he was getting bitter. He actually prayed that God would send him a buck. I mean, we get serious about this outdoors thing. He prayed that God would give him a buck. And he went hunting day after day, and he continually was leaving empty-handed. Now, this is a true story. As a matter of fact, I got the phone call last night and as I was studying, and, and, I, and I knew it was from the Lord. It was really from my friend, but it was really from the Lord. And he hunted day after day, and he kept leaving empty-handed. Not only did he leave empty-handed, but he was leaving and not even seeing anything. Now, I leave empty-handed all the time, but it's usually by choice. Uh, I'm blessed with a great location to be able to go and and sit and enjoy the outdoors. I haven't been able to do that this year. I haven't been out the first time. I hope maybe to, to get out a day or two uh, here in the next week or so while the activity is very high and, uh, and get out. Um, and, and often see a lot, often uh, tell people that, that I could just hunt with a camera and be perfectly satisfied. I've hunted most of my life, and, and so it's not the, the thrill of the kill anymore. I think it's as much as it is as passing on the tradition and, and being with my boys and, and uh, spending time in the outdoors, and I, I just I enjoy it. It's what I, it's what I enjoy doing. And so leaving empty-handed is not a big deal to me, but he, my friend, is, he is more of a, of a beginner or novice hunter, and uh, he's just getting into the sport for, for the last few years, and he, have, he hasn't really uh, honed his skills. And and uh, so he he often calls me. I have a, a couple of preacher friends, and they'll call me on a regular basis and ask me, you know, what do I do and how do I do it, and and uh, it makes me feel important. And uh, so they they um, he he said he he said I'm praying about about this buck issue, and uh, I keep leaving empty-handed, and I'm getting bitter. And so yesterday he went out with his son to their great location and I went out with him and I, I helped him choose the location and helped him choose his spots and walked through and explained everything to him and uh, so yesterday he was there with his son and he said I got desperate while I was on uh, sitting in my deer stand and he said I began to to pray literally pray he said I was praying and I'm like God you're no respecter of persons and uh and my son has killed a, a, a deer, and my son-in-law has killed a deer. And in God, I need you to help me. I need to kill a buck. And he said, at the end of the day, I finally, he said, people told me, well, you're not staying long enough. And he said, I sat until my belly button felt like it was caving in. He said, I got up at 1130 and said, okay, it's time to finally get off of the deer stand. And so at the end of his, uh, of his hunt, his, his son wasn't hunting too far from him. And he, and he walked down near to where his father's uh, location was uh, in a tree and, uh, and he walked over to, to an adjacent tree by where he was sitting, and he had 
uh, inconspicuously placed a trail camera. That's right. We take deer hunting so serious that we put motion-activated cameras on our trails. And uh, it's amazing what you catch. You catch people. Um, I, I even caught a, a young man and woman walking by one of my stands. And I don't know who her father was, but I'd like to send that to him. <laughs> they could have discussed it. And so his son had hung a, a camera near the, the stand. And, uh, and uh, my friend's son opens up and he pulls out the SD card uh, from the trail camera. And he, he began to look through the various photos. And it gets pictures of uh, game at night, and, you know, the occasional coyote or raccoon or squirrel and, and, uh, and, and deer. And, and so he's going through and... Uh, my friend's son, he, he stopped and looked at his dad and he said, Dad, what is the date? Because see, at the bottom of, of the camera, of the pictures, it gives the date and the time that the picture's taken. He said, Dad, what is the date? He said, Son, it's, it's Saturday, November the 5th. And he said, Dad, what time is it? And he said, it's 11.35, son. And he said, Dad, were you sitting on that stand all morning? He said, yes, son. I, I was there from before daylight until 11.30 when you come walking up. And, and, and I, just, I just got down. He said, Dad, at 9.30, this monster buck walked right by your deer stand. I got a picture of it with the date and time. And he said, son, right after I prayed, I took a short nap. <laughs> so in honor of my friend's deer hunting adventure story, I'm going to speak to you for a few moments today on sleeping through your miracle opportunity. Or maybe I should say, Sleeping through your answered prayer. How many times have you asked God for something and he's tried to give it to you and you weren't paying attention? Have you ever kicked yourself in the seat of the pants because you missed your golden opportunity and you knew it was for you? I think all of us can relate here. We miss the perfect opportunity to be a, a, a positive influence in somebody's life. We miss the chance of, of, of helping someone who was hurting. We miss the golden opportunity to witness to the lost. Uh, we, we miss an opportunity to get the job that we're praying for because we really didn't prepare ourselves or maybe we weren't paying attention when the opportunity came. We missed maybe the perfect opportunity to make an eternal difference in somebody's life because we were asleep at the wheel. Has ever opportunity ever knocked at your door? But we're so caught up with other things. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. We're so distracted by life. 
We're simply asleep at the wheel and it slips right, the opportunity slips right through our fingers and we live with regret. My prayer this morning is God, wake us up to the answer that you're trying to give us. I've had people before tell me, Pastor, I want you to pray, pray that I can, I can find a job and a long time and they're still praying, God, uh, Pastor, help, help pray that the Lord would help me find a job. Pastor, help me pray that the Lord would help me find a job. And so I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I finally have a conversation with them. And I'm like, have you had no opportunities? And they're like, well, I had some opportunities, but, you know, this job was kind of hard. No, I'm not kidding. You know, this opportunity for a job, uh, it's, it's, it's ours that I really don't care to work. When we're praying for God to give an answer, and sometimes the Lord is saying, I'm giving you all sorts of opportunities, but you're being real specific over here, but you're asking me in generalities. You're asking me, God, would you give me this? Some, so, some people are praying, God, would you, give me a, would, would, you, would you give me a job? And the Lord is saying, I'm giving you multiple opportunities to get out of bed and go look for one. Am I coming in hard too early here? Am I being a little too strong on a Sunday morning? The opportunities are knocking, but we're not answering because we're looking for something else. Andy Stanley made a statement in his book entitled Visioneering. He said, we don't need to pray for more miracles. We just need to, be, we just need to pray to be more sensitive to the opportunities that God brings our way. I think as a church... Sometimes we get caught up praying that God will perform miracles, signs, and wonders, but we want to sit back and we want, want it to just be some sort of a, of a spectacle, some sort of a show. I'm going to go ahead and prepare you for service tonight, can I? Because evangelist Josh Herring is coming here and I know and believe completely that he is a prophet of the Lord that speaks prophetically to this church and into my life personally and into this congregation. I believe he is a man of God. But if we're not careful, we'll come in tonight and sit back and we'll wait to watch the Josh show. Instead of recognizing God is wanting to show up and work and the opportunity for miracles are just as powerful this morning as they will be tonight. But our expectation levels can be much lower because we're waiting. Or we think just because we get the right speaker here that God uh, magically is just going to start pouring and raining down miracles from heaven. But the truth is, is when we begin to pray and believe and come with expectation and faith and begin to engage in what God is wanting to do in His service, it doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday night Bible study or a Tuesday night home Bible study. The same presence and power of God can show up and move and work. The opportunity is there. Why is it? I've noticed, and I hear people ask often, why is it that some people seem to take advantage of opportunities that come their way? 
while others just let opportunities pass them by. And I hear responses to this. And some people say, well, they're just lucky. I don't believe in luck. Or they say they were just at the right place at the right time. And I'm not sure that I subscribe to they're just at the right place at the right time. I don't think luck or positioning has a whole lot to do with it. Maybe they were just more sensitive to the moment. They were paying attention when the opportunity presented itself. Someone told me we had a Purdue athlete here this morning. He may enjoy what I'm about to share with you. I didn't know he was going to be here, so this is not for you, young man. And if you have a problem with it, you're right, I'm wrong. I've seen you walk through, okay? I jokingly in the office when someone told me this morning you were here, I said, ask him if he wants to arm wrestle. Often what makes great athletes, of course, is their training and their preparation and their time on the field and all of the things that they've got to do. But great athletes have an innate ability to think and they are in the game so much that they are watching every move and every play and everybody and they just somehow know this is where the ball's going and this is what this player is going to do and they know how to position themselves. We say, well, it's luck and they showed up at the right place at the right time and they caught the right pass but the truth is is that they have an innate ability to be able to watch things that are around them in other words while we're sitting back in the sofa sleeping they're in the game watching players and learning how they work learning how they operate, watching how they maneuver, and they're studying and they're, they're learning. See, a lot of people just go through life and, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. But then when opportunity comes, you're not prepared to be able to step up and say, there it is, here's how it's going to unfold. i got to be ready to be able to seize the moment. Some of us may not... Realize it, but we are missing opportunities that are around us every day. Some of us just miss more opportunities than others. I was talking to someone last night who is struggling through life. They're having a difficult time in life. But they're frustrated and angry because they couldn't handle the truth that was spoken to them. In other words, they would like to have somebody just affirm their poor judgment in bad decisions rather than someone take the Word of God and show them how they're making a mistake. And so they played the, car, the, the popular card of people are so judgmental. Nobody has a right to judge me. And I said, sir, I'm not judging you. The Word of God says this. This is how I believe because this is what the Bible says. Not my interpretation of the Bible. I can build you an entire Bible study supporting the philosophy that I just gave to you that frustrated you or caused you to become angry. I said, so are you coming to church tomorrow? Nope. 
So you're still angry. Yep. I said, did you not send me a text message earlier today telling me you needed help? I did. What if your help shows up tomorrow morning while you're sleeping? How many people even show up on Sunday to fulfill their obligation of church attendance but they miss what God is wanting to do in their life. I'm not waiting for, for, for God to chase me down and look me up and tie me down and force feed me a blessing, a miracle, or an answered prayer. I want to go about life looking every day. Where's my blessing today? Where's my miracle today? Where's my answer today? Where's my direction today? Because when my eyes are wide open, I'm trying to live. Come on, somebody. Are you living with your eyes wide open? Are you living? Do you get up every morning and say His mercies are new today? Great is His faithfulness. I may struggle, I may have some hardships, but God is going to send an answer to me and I'm going to be awake when the answer comes, when the miracle comes, when the opportunity strolls by. I don't want to be asleep right after my prayer. So I'm going to take the initiative to step up and pay attention to what God wants to do. I've got to hurry. Your bellies are you're growling. I hear them all the way up here. Oh, maybe that was mine. The Bible is full of examples of people who missed golden opportunities. The people of Noah's day had a chance to come into the ark, right? Noah preached. How long did he preach? Like 120 years he built the ark? And he preached while building the ark, and he gave people an opportunity to get into the ark. The door was open. The opportunity was there for, for them to come in. Perhaps they were busy with life. That's a great excuse we hear today. They had other things to do. They didn't have time to listen to the preacher. When they saw the ark being built, as a matter of fact, they laughed at it and thought he was a crazy man. But when it started raining, the 120 years of, of, of opportunity that they had allowed to slip by wasn't so humorous anymore, wasn't so silly anymore. And it wasn't man that shut the door, it was God that shut the door. And if I could inject something in this little simple message that I'm preaching to you this morning is this, God gives us opportunity, but there is a moment that when God says that is your opportunity, it has passed, I will close the door. I hope that none of us today are standing next to a door that is about to close. I hope your door is about to stay open. And I hope this message today pushes you to step out and to say, you know what, it may be a risk, but I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. It may not be popular, but I'm going to take a step of faith and perform what God is speaking into my life. My friends may not understand it, but I'm going to choose to serve the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength.
because the people in Noah's day missed their opportunity. There's another example in the scripture, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, and they had a chance to repent. God was going to destroy the city, but before he did, he revealed his plan, but they didn't take him seriously. It was just another preacher preaching. I know it's serious at the moment, but then it often gets taken lightly. They thought they had plenty of time. They had opportunity, but they never responded to it. And then it was too late. Because when fire and brimstone begins to fall out of the sky and destroy the city, it was too late. Another biblical example are the two thieves on the cross. No, I'm not going to preach through the whole whole Bible today. The two thieves on the cross both had opportunity. One thief realized this was no ordinary man that was dying beside him. He looked at Jesus and said, Would you please remember me when you come into your kingdom? The other thief on the other side said, If you're really who you say you are, save yourself and us also. Both men had opportunity. One seized the miracle moment to change his destiny the other let it pass him by probably nowhere in scripture is there a more fitting example of a story that fits with Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 that I read to you today then a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves you know the story it's the story we call the story of the good samaritan a man goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho he falls among thieves they strip him of his clothing they steal his money they beat him up they leave him to die Here's a picture of a lot of people in the world today. Sin has left them wounded and dying. A religious man comes down the road. He sees him there. He crosses the street and he passes by on the other side because he didn't want to get involved in somebody else's business. Wake up your neighbor and tell him, Pastor, will be done in a few. Everybody is looking for the big break, the big ministry, the big opportunity. While we intentionally let opportunity to help somebody pass by because it's not the right opportunity. It's not the right person. They're not from the right side of town. While we're surrounded by needs, we're saying, God, lay somebody on my heart that I can tell about your goodness. And we drive by the hurting and the needing. Or maybe we sit next to them in church. But we don't want to ruin our reputation by talking about it. I'm meddling too much today. Likewise, another religious man, when he arrived came to the place, he came, and he looked at the man, he thought about it, it's the thought that matters, right? I don't know who came up with that, but that's not right. It's not the thought that matters. I thought about blessing you all with $1,000 today. 
the thought that counts. That's how I feel when people say, I wasn't in church today, but my heart was there. I'm sorry. It's the meds. He looks, he sees. Maybe he's looking for somebody more high profile. Maybe he's looking for a superstar that make him famous because he helped them. Maybe he was waiting for the right position to open up so that he could have a title before he helped them. Because you know he didn't want to overstep his bounds, right? God help us. I'm preaching to the church this morning. There's a whole lot of innuendos in what I'm preaching today, and I hope you're hearing every one of them. God help us hear them crying out from the streets, from the surrounding neighborhoods, from our next door, from in our own home, from within the church. When they say, I've got a need, would somebody pray for me? I've got a need, would somebody talk to me? I've got a need, would somebody lend a helping hand to me? Do good to all of the people of the world, but particularly those who are of the household of faith. I hear people crying out from the ditches of depression, crying out from the ditches of despair, crying out from a life of hopelessness, crying out from a home filled with abuse. Can you hear them this morning? Do you? Has your mind thought, have you crossed over a thought this morning of somebody that God has already put in your mind today that you're thinking, yes, that's somebody that I maybe could have helped but didn't. Why don't you go out of this building this morning, pick up a phone and call them today and tell them, get to the house of the Lord with me tonight. Why do I want to do that? Because there's help for you. Oh, well, maybe I would offend them by telling them they need help. If they need help, tell them they need help. If God can help somebody, tell them Jesus is the answer. But there was a certain Samaritan. He came to where the man was. Broke. Wounded left to die on the street. He came to where he was. He had compassion upon him. This is where our ministry begins. It's not in the pulpit. This is a great ministry opportunity to stand in this podium and speak to you and try to inspire you, try to empower you, try to build your faith. I come here every week and take it so very seriously, but this is not the only ministry opportunity. Where ministry really begins is, is ministering into the lives and hearts of individuals. It's amazing what happens when we're moved by compassion. He got, the good Samaritan got down in the ditch and involved himself in the pain and the problems of someone else's life. He ministered to him. He bandaged his wounds. He set him on his own animal. He took him to an inn and he paid the guy out of his own pocket. And he even says, and if there's more charges in the end, I'll take care of it when I come back by. There are people all around us 
who have been bruised, who have been hurt, who have been afflicted, left in the ditch on the side of the road, left for dead, left for death to carry them away into another world, looking for somebody to come to where they are and get down in the ditch and seize the opportunity to change somebody's world. I'm closing this morning. Perhaps God has brought you through many opportunities. Maybe many times you've had the opportunity. The Bible said, as we therefore have opportunity, we're going to have opportunity. Galatians 6 and 10 said, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Galatia, and he's saying to them, Church members, listen to me. You're going to have opportunity to do good to men. This isn't gender specific, by the way. This isn't age specific, by the way. You have opportunity to do good to all men. Let us do good to all men. It's not the thought that counts. What has happened? When somebody in need comes by our way and we look at them and our response to them is, I'll pray for you. When we have the means to be able to bandage up their wounds, to be able to help them, to be able to reach out to them. Where are we? And what are we doing with this great opportunity that God is giving us every day. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to them that are of the household of faith. How well do you know your neighbor? How well do you know the person sitting in front of you or behind you here, even in church this morning? I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I'm not going to do anything weird. I know I keep you nervous. How well do you know the person across the aisle? The person maybe that's sitting three rows back from you? How well do you know them? Do you know anything about them? Do you know what's going on in their life? Is there a way you could lend a helping hand? Is there a way you could be a support to them? Is there a way that maybe you could be a friend to them? You don't know what they need. Maybe they need your prayer. Maybe they just need your smile. Maybe they just need you to lend a helping hand to them in some way. The greatest lesson for the church to learn is this. If I'm going to reach my world, I'm going to have to get down in the ditch and involve myself in the dirtiness of where people really live. But we get too busy with life. We get caught up with other things. We get preoccupied. And they don't even have to be bad things. We just get busy. The problem is, is that they are our things, and our things often are temporal things. They're about the here and the now instead of getting our eyes focused on the things that are eternal. I'm done this morning. I closed my, my iPad. That 
hopefully is speaking to you. Lunch is soon. But for a few moments this morning, before we leave, I wonder if right where you're sitting today, you could just bow your heads with me right where you are and nobody's looking around the room. And Maybe I could just speak to you right now. If there's somebody in this house today that knows that God is continually bringing opportunity to you, that you're not seizing the opportunity, maybe to do good for others, maybe to be a blessing to somebody else. I'd like to just see you slip up a hand. I'm not judging you today. I just want to know that I I hit a target this morning. I thank you for the four or five hands, six hands, ten hands. Okay, there you are. Thank you. Thank you for your response today. We're going to do something about that. Let's make a change. I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for you right where you're sitting, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I'm going to pray that God would give us the courage and wisdom. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for the courage and the wisdom of God to every person that just lifted a hand that knows that they could do more than they are doing. God, that knows that there are opportunities that come their way where they could minister, that they could reach, that they could show love and compassion, that they could help somebody in need, that they could be a a word of wisdom, that they could be a helping hand, that they could be a comfort. Lord, whatever it may be, I pray, God, for the courage and wisdom of every person with a lifted hand this morning. God, that you would speak into their life and whisper, Lord, your voice into their ear, O Lord, and let them know, here is my opportunity, and I need to seize this moment now. This is what I'm praying for. Lord, don't let them sleep through the opportunity as it comes by. For this morning, Lord, we pray together and ask you for the wisdom and the courage and the opportunity. Now, Lord, I pray that they stay awake, Lord, when the opportunity comes to do your will. Now, while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, I want to speak to the rest of the congregation today. Maybe You are here today, but you've never, ever, ever responded to the opportunity to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins. Maybe you've never repented of your sins, or maybe you have, but it's been a long time, and you've gone back into the world of sin. Maybe you've never been baptized in the only saving name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe today would be a good day to make that commitment and say, I want to be baptized. If not today, maybe you want to make the decision today that you want to do it in the near future. We have water. We have robes. We will pray with you today. We will baptize you and your sins will be remitted. Maybe you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Evidence for speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. This is your opportunity. God is giving you a chance today while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. God is speaking into your heart today I wonder if there would just be a handful of people today that would say pastor I need to repent today pastor I need to make that that step today now before I ask you to respond I'm going to ask everybody in the congregation to stand with me this morning heads are bowed nobody's looking around we want to make this as easy as possible today maybe it's just been a long time since you have become reacquainted with the Lord and Maybe you need to come to the foot of the cross again today and say, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and to draw near to you. Lord, while I'm here this morning, I want to take that step of opportunity and I want to respond to your word. If that's you this morning without thinking twice, I want you to step out from where you are, step into the aisle and make your way to the front of this room. 
I want you to respond right now. God bless one that's already moving today. Others are starting to move today. Come on, church, let's respond. God is calling. He's speaking to hearts today. Thank you for responding this morning. Come on and join us here. This is a positive thing. Come join us here in the front this morning. God is speaking into your heart today. I know it's been a simple message, but it's been a powerful word from the Lord today. God is speaking into your spirit today. We're going to be more, do more, accomplish more than we've ever done in our lives. God bless you for responding. Everybody's welcome to join us here in the front today. As many as can. There's still room for more. There's still room for more. Come on, let's respond today. This is a personal call. This is a personal call. We're coming to the foot of the cross this morning. We're coming to the foot of the cross today. Lord, I don't want to be woken up by tragedy. I don't want to have to go through struggle and trial for you to wake me up, but let me be awake this morning with love and compassion reaching for me today. In the name of Jesus.